0: I'm Don Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. And you're in the transporter room. Carly, some really hard news to digest today. We've got at least seven states, at least seven states, that are actively plotting trans student athlete bills that will restrict them from competing in their true gender. And, you know, beyond that, we've got more than a dozen states since 2019 that are filing bills to attack the trans community. So it's it's really like we're on the firing line right now.
1: I can't. I just can't, Don. I can't. I I've I mean, with all the with all the awareness and all the things that we know and all the information's out there, they're still going to try and play the same old political game. There's a, something I want to read. Chase Strangio's Twitter. Page today. Jay says, quote, I am a lawyer, a dad, and if a bill like HP 1057, which is being considered, which is the bill being considered in South Dakota, had passed in my state, I wouldn't have survived. You're playing politics with trans lives and kids are going to get hurt. That's the best way I can put it. I can't put it any better than that. No, that's true. They are they are trying to basically, I mean, it's 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 uh, again erasure. Yeah. I mean, And and Chase
0: also tweeted about how the media goes crazy when uh, Trump lies in a tweet, but state legislatures all across the country are targeting us, and not a blip, not even a, not even like a fifteen-second mention in the news.
1: Well, I will mention that that today, while in the campaign hustlings in New Hampshire, Elizabeth Warren (laughs) did mention this.
0: I know she mentioned it in the debate the other night. She was the only one. So, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but the one thing I I do want to say. Every single bill that's been proposed has been proposed by a Republican lawmaker. And only two of the states, according to Sidney Bauer, the Daily Beast, only two of the states where these are going on have Democratic governors. So they're likely to pass. They're likely to to be signed into law. And um, it's just it's open season on trans
1: people. Well thankfully they're also likely to be challenged in a court before they even be they even be they even get, go into effect i mean there are so many so. constitutional there are so many constitutional issues one thing i do want to point out was that. the was the hearing a couple of days ago in new hampshire yeah on the the Tuesday. uh uh it seems like there's a there was an interloper from connecticut who was speaking again who's speaking for that bill yeah yeah And they happen to, and they happen to be, and they happen to be, and they're also a coach. And I mean, I don't know if I'd want my kid coached by that person, but that's just me. Uh, But overall this whole, I mean, another thing I'm seeing in a lot of the, in a lot of the, especially the coverage that you do get, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to call the union leader out. Kevin Landrigan. Yes. I'm calling you out. That was a bad piece of journalism. It was, it was a slanted piece. You might as well been working for the heritage foundation Okay, off soapbox rant over. It was, I mean, I mean, get, I, people- I
0: have no problem with opponents of transgender inclusion writing their, um, their screed. I mean, this is a free country. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. What they're not entitled to is their own set of facts. And when they start talking about biological males and natural, uh, you know, um, uh, dominance and all these other things, Well, let me introduce you to uh, Elena Deladon or Michael Phelps or any of these other people who, if you're an average athlete, there's no way you could consider it fair to go up against Elena or Michael in their respective sports or Usain Bolt, okay? So since trans women are women, all I'm going to ask is, let's start there. Let's start there. And then we can argue about um, science and research, which I think we all agree we'd like to have more of, but nobody's putting the money up to do the research. they're just basically using their biases. Well, uh,
1: they'll, put it, they'll put the money up as long as they can slander it or turn it into some eugenics experiment. yeah, so yeah. You, you know what we you. need?
0: Yeah. You know what we need? We need more straight allies, we need more cisgender allies. We need more lesbian and gay and bisexual allies. I do
1: I've,
0: I've, I found one this week. I found one who just happens to be our new Deputy Managing Editor. He's in the Boston area, Massachusetts, not far from where Carly and I are uh, orbiting right now. Let's beam up
2: Alex Reamer. Alex, come on
0: in to the same
2: quarter room. Thank you, ladies. Yes, that is quite an introduction. I'm honored to be here. How are you? Glad to have you aboard, my friend. So this is like
0: the second time Second time we've actually spoken, and and uh, your first time talking with Carly. So I'm gonna step back, let her have the con. Carly, you got the first question.
1: Well, um, well, first off, welcome, uh, welcome to the Outsports team, and I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask point blank: Is the Patriot? Do you think the Patriot dynasty's done? Is oh my done? God! I mean, you're already. Ho- you guys,
2: you're, you're already holding my feet to the fire. Less than uh, well, come on, you're
1: from Boston. Now. This is what
2: this is. T- hey, Patriots come on, Paris. yeah. Oh, all right, come Don't on. Don't you here. bleed red, white, and blue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Yes. It is all over. Uh. Yes. I, I. I think Belichick will remain coach for a few more years, but uh, Tom Brady looks as good as gone. And uh, yeah, Patriots fans are gonna start to see what life is like on the other side. What life is like when. You know, Andy Dalton is maybe your quarterback. Or, you know, 9-7 and seven is a great year worth to be celebrated. So, yeah, it's going to be – yes, they're in for a rude awakening, I believe. All right, so that's the
0: Patriots. How about one of the most famous Red Sox pitchers ever, his bloody sock, Kurt Schilling up for the Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of days before we learn the, uh, the official tally. Votes are probably all in already, but what's your take? Is Kurt going
2: to get into the Hall of
0: Fame this year?
2: Well, let me first say that I have a unique uh, experiences with Kurt Schilling. I've been the recipient of several uh, angry feeling texts over the years. for Stories I've written. My favorite line he told me once is that you know maybe I'll grow up and marry a woman with some balls. And my response was, "Kurt, already done." <laughs> so, so you know, so um, what do I think? Uh, it's certainly trending in that direction. And look, you know, I'm of a couple mindsets when it comes. Just Shilling in the Hall of Fame. You know, if you're going on the pure baseball standard, he's in as far as I'm concerned. He's one of the best playoff pitchers ever when the game was on the line. season on the line. You want him with the ball. Incredible strikeouts. Shilling so is on the merits at Hall of Famer. The question is, you know, do you think his political beliefs and I'm even going to just say they're more hateful beliefs than anything, you know, it co- ties into your conversation. Earlier about trans rights, and you know, I think Don, we were talking about this the other day. You know, it's not a political issue, it's a civil rights issue, and people need to view it as the latter. And that's certainly how I view it as well. So, when Schilling is posting anti trans memes on Facebook, you know, I'm not gonna say, oh, you know, that's like somebody opposing health care. You know, that is a real, you know, I think that can border into hate speech territory. So, it really comes down to whether or not you value that. Schilling's had a pretty quiet year, you know, there's been no, uh, crazy memes or you know uh, pictures of rope uh, you know rope tree journalists you know t-shirts advocating joking about the lynching of journalists so he stayed relatively quiet i think you know a lot of people these baseball writers uh you know maybe now can return to vote for him so uh long story short i do i do think he probably does get in this year yeah what do you guys think
1: i think he'll, i think he'll just sneak in 76, yeah. about 76, 77% he'll sneak in. And, and if you're just looking at Schilling strictly as a baseball player, you really can't quibble, even though, right. I mean, I mean, you really can't quibble. Even, I mean, even myself with a very jaundiced view of hall of fames, I mean, especially sure. with what happened with pro football yesterday and, and a personal favorite of mine, just getting shafted again. Uh, I think he'll sneak in. I could see it. I could see that happening. (laughs) I'll I'll call it 77% of the vote gets shilling in. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So barely. I had just just moved here. I had just moved to New England from Jacksonville, Florida. And I uh, was definitely caught up in the whole cowboy up wave. And I cheered for Kurt. And I, I, I was just thrilled to see all of my, um, you know, diehard fans and friends um, cheer on the Red Sox because, you know, as a long-suffering Mets fan, as a Jaguars fan, I know what it's like to lose and come close, and 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 you really want a guy like Kurt Schilling to come in the clutch and and save the day, but to find out he's such a freaking piece of work. All right, let's keep it clean today. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're very
2: diplomatic.
0: It, it just, guy I hear. Well, it just It just It disappoints me because, you know. I want my heroes to be someone I can show to my kids and say, here's someone you should try to be like. And, you know, that ties into Aaron Hernandez. Watching this Netflix documentary, there isn't anything new there. But what I am there learning are. is that Ryan O'Callaghan is shedding new light on what it's like to be a closeted athlete. And, and that's right. really, I think, extraordinarily helpful to the wider community and also the straights. And, letting uh all of us look into that window of of how do you exist in that environment and you know i mean again a piece of work was aaron hernandez and um i just think that those days where we um covered up all of the uh, sins of ted williams and <laughs> and mickey mantle and, and all the all the athletes who had their uh their private lives that nobody really knew about until after they were dead um there were rumors and stuff those days are long gone now we we see them in their full unmitigated glory of of being a real dick um and I'm sure he will get in and I'm looking forward to our Ken Schultz uh or whoever writes the uh the story that basically follows it maybe it'll be you alex we've got we've got we've put a a spin on it because you know, for us at Outsports, it's not just an athlete, it's an athlete with a um, very damaging and dangerous um, reputation.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, and, and, that, and that's, you know, an, an interesting way to put it. And that's been my argument, too. You know, last year, I had this argument with showing on EEI, you know, about, you know, his Hall of Fame and the character clause and whatever that applies to him. And the thing I kept saying is, you know, Kurt, like, This isn't politics, you know, like after the Red Sox won in 2004, Schilling went on the Today Show and said, vote Bush, right? Like, okay, some people didn't like that, politicizing the World Series celebration. But you know what, like, fine, you want to vote Republican, vote Republican. But there's a difference between saying vote Bush and then posting a picture of a burly man in drag and insinuating that transgender people are going to assault your daughters in the restroom, right? There's a difference between saying vote Bush and, uh, you know, saying Hillary Clinton should be buried under a jail somewhere. There's a difference between saying vote Bush and promoting QAnon or, you know, saying the pipe bombs that were sent to Democrats last year are a conspiracy theory. There's a difference between that. You know, the former is politics. The latter can be dangerous, as you said, Don. I, I couldn't agree more.
0: So you've spoken to Schilling. Do you think there's a chance that he can be redeemed? Is this something that is ingrained in his his, his soul?
2: Uh, I mean I don't wanna I don't I don't wanna read into anybody's soul, but uh, you know, I mean look, you have the martyrdom thing going right, you're you're fired from ESPN, you can then be this aggrieved guy which, you know, plays well in right wing circles. And you know, it's also like what information are you getting? You know, if you're Kurt Schilling, you're you know, Breitbart Daily Caller, Fox News, like your reality is just altered, so uh, no, I don't think he will change his views, just like, you know, your 85 year old grandfather, who sits and watches Hannity all day, he won't
1: change his views either I see it like this, the guy does a sports show now for the Blaze <laughs> right. <laughs> who, right I mean, is that he's, is that he's way, way, I mean, he's that? way somewhere he's way somewhere in the Crab Nebula I'm yeah, he's, he's way on in the week. But one thing yeah, it all, I mean, but one thing it shows, and by the way, I've heard some of your battles with Schilling. They're quite legendary, okay. I must say. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll fully admit. It's the only time I've ever I'll, gotten some I'll good fully tracks, admit so. I listened to I listened to a, some quantities of WEEI. I'll admit to it. What is it, Alex Nothing wrong with that? I mean, as far as work as far as working this career path. What has it been like? What has it been like for you working in an environment, say, like an EEI? I mean, with some hopes that are obvious. I mean, obviously, you're working with American versions of Jeremy Clarkson in a lot of ways. How's it what has that been like to you to negotiate that and negotiate being out?
2: You know, personally, I I love the fight. You know, I love I, I love going to battle with people. It's better than working for a living. I mean, that's what I've always said. So I. So I like the fight. I enjoy the fight. Um, you know, as, as as far as the environment, I mean, look, you know, obviously, you know, it's a station with a lot of more conservative hosts, a conservative fan base. And I'm sure, you know, I purposely tried to rile up our fan base a lot, but, you know, I, I actually think to be honest with you, like coming out, helped my sports radio career because it's who I really am. You know, like when I came out on Kirk and Callahan, our morning show, uh, my second time on the air, when I was 23, like, you know, I made a decision, like they asked me, what do the listeners not know about you? And I said, you know, I could say something kind of dull or final, just be who I am, because in order, and Don, you know, this as a broadcast in order to be, you know, good at talk radio, you have to be honest with the listeners. And obviously, you know, my sexuality and my experiences in the sports realm in particular, in regards to my sexuality, you know, I think certainly affects my worldview. And I felt like it would have been dishonest with the listeners if I where to hide who i was and you know it's also about standing out and i think you know just having that open perspective helped me as well so yeah you know i got some crap here and there but you know overall i i, I don't doubt it for a second and really don't think I, I certainly would be taking this position if i wasn't honest about who i was on the air
0: well you and i have that in common in terms of you know we both had to face the haters we both made mistakes um oh they're we- beautiful you know, and and I I like what Yoda said in uh, Rise of Skywalker. He said, "Failure, the best teacher is." <laughs> and yeah, it
2: is. Yeah, exactly. it certainly is. It certainly is. We were stating yeah. some things the there, day Don. When you lose, don't lose the lesson. That's another one. You know. Well, well,
0: I I look at it this way. I I I learned some of the best lessons in my life by making mistakes. The trick is not to repeat them. Um, I, I'd like to, to repeat I'd like the same to add, one. Why don't you walk us through a little bit of your career? So since this is your first time talking to our OutSports listeners and uh, readers, um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: I've always wanted to be a sports writer, which, you know, it might be kind of sad depending on the way you look at it. But uh, no, I started my own sports blog and Red Sox podcast when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. And just it's what I've always wanted to do. I worked through college, post-college. I got the opportunity to on a couple really great writing gigs, including working at SB Nation on the NFL desk, writing for several publications, and then uh, getting on EEI. You know, I always wanted to be on Boston Sports Talk Radio, and there I was. You know, 23 years old, I was on. I was there for a few years. Uh, took a brief deviation to go into the political communications world, but you know, I like to say shit, so that wasn't always the best fit. Uh, and now here I am back, you know, and I'm most excited about. Joining all of you without sports because you know I think I said this yesterday in the in the piece Don uh, you know I, I as I grow older you know I, my you know that my sexuality has become a bigger part of me you know you come out and then you evolve from there as you know so many athletes uh, you know who who tell their stories on the site say um, you know and like I also said I've always known two do things about myself I love to write about sports and I'm gay so uh, you know I look forward to broadening my perspective as well with you guys with you all and.
1: You know, I just think I just think it's a great step. So
2: that's that's the that's the story in a nutshell.
1: I will, I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you something though. Interesting thing. The way that the way that you came. Oh, intersection between the day you came out in my own life. Mm-hmm. I was in. Please. I was in. I was in Boston that day. Hanging okay. out. With, hanging out with some friends. We're driving somewhere, and we heard, and we heard it. No way. No. Yeah. Way. And it was, and okay, now, and the other two people I was with, I mean, admittedly, they admittedly, they can't stand sports talk radio. They can't stand sports. They were being nice to me because I figure I'm in Boston. <laughs> I got to get my morning dose of WEEI. And it, of course, I gotta have my dose. I had to have my dose, and gotta get your I heard head. you, and I heard you that day. And wow, I was, think? thinking, like, I was thinking, I was thinking two, I was thinking two things: one, what are you doing? <laughs> and two, and two, and two. That got, I mean, that took guts. And at the time when you did that. That was around the time that I was beginning to come out. And oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. So that was at the time when I at first really had moved out and had made decisions about my own, about my own process. So mm-hmm. I just want to I just want to throw that one out there and let you know that no, there that that ripple, that that pebble that you threw in the pond, that ripple spread far and deep. And I think wow. it's, I mean it's great full circle to now get to work with you, but. <laughs>
2: No. It, it's great to work it's great to work with all of you. And you know, I mean not to get too cheesy here, but that is, you know, the best part of all of it, you know. I mean, I'm not some big star, but you know, every once in a while I will run into somebody in Boston or I will receive an email or direct message from somebody who says, you know, I was closeted or I'm in the process of coming out and, you know, I appreciate your voice and that that that, that, that that's a great feeling. That that means so much. So, uh, no, I'm happy I and mean, who would have thought it we did that segment at the very very end of the show with like with 5 minutes left. It was almost like a throwaway thing. Like so good <laughs> thing that we uh, we got it in.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny some of the fun some of the, uh, my favorite tweets yesterday uh, uh, responding to the announcement that you joined us as deputy managing editor were you're gay.
2: <laughs> but yeah, what a shock. Yeah, no one breaking news. It's That's sort of your brand, you know. You it's got, very on brand. We all got, You all have to stop reading the mentions whenever I tweet something and tag out sports. Yesterday was great, but it's going to go all downhill from here. I can promise you that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know.
0: And, you know, we have actually something else in common. So you have that with Carly. You and I um, both achieved some level of fame when we were little. Oh, wait. That sound means we need to take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back in the Transporter Room. You were uh, on The Tonight Show. You were on the Today Show, you were 12, right? And I was starting at age four until I was 17. I was a TV actor. I was um, on TV commercials and modeling and lots of things like that. And I was up for three big parts and I just missed all three of them. One was the Taking One Two one, two, three, the kids crying in the subway car. Uh, second was um, uh, Taps starring uh, Tom Cruise in his debut role. Um, for some reason, they picked him instead of me. I don't know why. Um, yeah, and the and then, and then, well, no, I think he did a much better job of of, of a real asshole. Um, and <laughs> and uh, the last was um, a, a starring role on the TV show Alice, and Philip McKeon beat me out. And I just learned that he just passed away recently, so I was very sad to hear of his uh, untimely passing. But you know, not getting that part, basically set our lives in a certain course, and I'm i'm very glad that uh, that you know he had that uh, that bit of stardom, but it is funny being a, a child in the in the spotlight because I think it does sort of give you this um skewed perspective of the world doesn't it that you know you're you're famous when you're still not yet even finished growing up
2: yeah I mean it was you know it was a fleeting fifteen minutes uh, but yeah I mean it gives you certainly exposure to criticism you know i mean one thing that i've always not really minded was criticism you know if like i write an article and there are nasty comments i'm like okay like whatever but that just comes with being exposed to it you know um so it certainly gives you that perspective but it is it is amazing how you know and you know you know this too and with the cruise story it really comes down to you know so much of it is luck and timing you know like i even go to how i started at wei like the morning show one of the hosts left and they were looking for people like they were rotating in I was like probably the 30th person they brought in to try to hammer down like a third person rotation like so like if you know John Dennis who was the original host didn't leave like I probably wouldn't have gotten a shot at EEI you know so it, just, it really you know even when I was younger like some, a Boston Globe writer noticed my sports blog and wrote about it like that's the difference between one reader you know like so it really makes you I think at least for me appreciate how in any success story, no matter, you know, how small or large, uh, luck in timing, you know, certainly is, is something you can't control either. You're certainly a, a factor into it, too.
0: When I told you about our team, I think I mentioned that Carly also shares a broadcast uh, past with uh, you and me. Uh, she worked at ESPN and in Nebraska. Hmm. Nebraska. Okay. What
1: yeah, do you I like started, better? What,
2: what, what, st- what's, what's a better metropolis, Carly, in Nebraska or Bristol, Connecticut?
1: <laughs> actually, I actually I missed what I did in Omaha for four years. I I was an anchor okay. reporter at a TV station there for four years, and I was there in the early nineteen. I was there in the early mid nineteen nineties. I mean, I got to cover some. I got to cover some great stuff. I got to cover probably the greatest era of co- the greatest three or four years of college football that I think the sport has seen until a couple nights ago with LSU uh i got to cover some great stuff i i mean i enjoyed it then i went to then went over to espn i was there for about 18 years enjoyed that as well but you know the downside of this you know the the hard side of this business is everybody's cost cutting and a few years ago right i got caught i got caught in that and by the way you looked good on leno i was just checking that out on youtube as you and as you and dawn were talking as dawn was burying the lead about her unbelievable career i the thought of Don getting out of a military truck in Taps and letting loose some M sixteen rounds to get rid of some townies. <laughs> yeah, whatever like, happened to that guy, Tom Cruise? I'm by the way, did he have a I'm career in that movie? I, I'm trying I can't to imagine remember.
2: That. He, he joined some crazy. He joins the scientist. Some crazy religion. Or something. Yeah, he's yeah, from Glen
0: Ridge, New Jersey, and uh, I remember the audition and everything. And for whatever reason, he just was enough over the top that uh, they chose him instead of. Um, the the boy pretending to be a boy.
1: <laughs> well I can well Don, I'm I'm trying to imagine you with the big gun at the end of taps going, It's beautiful. Beautiful I want um, you to think of that every time you're late on your deadline. <laughs> oh touche, touche. Hey you know what? Let's touche. talk about
0: deadlines. Doesn't Chris Mosher have a deadline? The um the Olympic trials are coming up this month. Fifty kilometer walk, race, race walking, walking 50, right? Race
2: walking. walking, race walking. Yes. He hopes walking. to be the first transgender athlete in the uh, Olympics. Yeah, and uh, I think I think it's a I think it's a great story, obviously. And, uh, and when is so? When is the trial? Is it happening happening later this month or January twenty fifth? Okay. Okay. Cool. So so coming up next uh, about a week and a half.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much heading out to Santee, California and uh, top three go, top three go through. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, nine days. I mean, it ties into a conversation that, you know, we've had, and you know,
2: Carl, you've had it too, you know, editorially and something I'm looking forward to diving into as well is the story of all these Olympic athletes, you know, like people often, you know, even me, you know, like the, like race walking is a great example. Am I necessarily, would I really have a keen interest in watching race walking? Probably not, but you know, you've thrown all these stories and there are from all all over the world It. You know, you look at you know why you know the Olympics. There's so much negativity about it too, and rightfully so with the IOC and what an awful, awful organization that is, and everything surrounding that, and the ripoffs and oh, it's terrible. But you know, the positive you do get exposure to a lot of these really great stories again, not just here and around
1: the world. Yeah, and that's the and that's the thing about about that's one thing about U S A track and field trials in general. They say it's the second – it'll be the second toughest meet this year because you get it – I mean, you, it's it's for that weekend. You either win or you're going – you either get top three to get in or you're going home. And I, I just ask, would, am I
0: the only one who thinks it looks silly?
1: Hey, what, it does look blocking? silly. Yeah, it, it looks silly. It does, of course but it I participated does. in it, so – I'm never going to denigrate ways, race walking. Oh,
0: I'm not denigrating it. it. I'm just every stating a fact.
2: I, uh, it's a fact. It looks weird. I participated in every time I try to cross the street here in Boston. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true. No, that's not race walking. That's called Frogger. You, <laughs> <all>
2: right,
0: <laughs> you, whatever. You, you don't have time to walk when you're crossing the street in Boston. You better run. Otherwise, I think it's 10 points for a, a, a young man like yourself. <laughs> Yeah, uh, on a good day,
2: on a good day. Wait a, minute, points, my value.
1: wait a minute, no, 10 points? No, no, sports talk radio guys get 100 points.
2: Oh, that's right. Uh, that's <laughs> right. Trust me, a lot of WEI listeners certainly, I'm sure, fantasize about running me over with their cards. There's no doubt about that.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just. How do you deal with that, by the way? Why don't you talk a little bit about, um, without getting into the details, how do you deal with the uh, fact that you know there are people out there who just hate your guts?
1: I, mean, I don't even
2: know if they're real people, to be honest. I mean, the volume of tweets, like just how often they tweet, like it's like, it's like honestly, it's, I don't even, I, I cease to believe that they function in the real world. So that's really how I try to view it. You know, I mean, you can step outside, you see the wind still blows, the sky still moves, the sun is still out. You know, so that, that's really how I, how I try to look at it. I mean, it, you you have to also keep in mind that you know, social media and Twitter, it's really such a small percentage of the population when you put it all together. And then a even smaller percentage of that are the ones who are doing most of the tweets. So it really is kind of a a fragmented audience. And, you know, that's what I I just really try to remember that. I think that's really important for anybody in this business to remember.
1: Uh, Alex, right now, what's the best in your mind? What's the what's the biggest story in Boston sports right now? Of course, the cheating scandal.
2: I mean, we, we used the Patriot cheating scandal, so we got a hot one with the Red Sox.
1: So who's going to – well, with Alex Cora gone, who manages this team now?
2: That's a question. I mean, it's certainly not the best time to look for a manager. Um, you know, the tricky thing is, like, the easy answer would be, well, just bring in the bench coach, Ron Renicky or the first base coach. But, you know, we don't know the results of this 2018 investigation I mean what if baseball finds that the whole coaching staff was complicit or involved in this and then they discipline them I mean then the Red Sox would again have to be looking for another manager like that's bad so I, I think they're probably going to try to look outside I mean maybe you get a guy like Bruce Boatson or you know somebody who instills it for another year or two I mean I don't know it's it's certainly it's 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 an awful situation and uh it it just has been an awful off for the Red Sox. They haven't added anybody. Now they have the scandal. It's it's been disastrous.
0: I don't know if uh, Carlos Beltran will be available soon. Um, All right. <laughs> do you think that you think the Mets should fire him or will fire Carlos?
2: Um, I don't because he's lasted this long. And and as we see in today's news cycle, the longer you wait things out, you can oftentimes survive. Um and. You know, because Beltran wasn't on the Red Sox, so his portion of it is done. He was a player at the time, and Manfred said in the in the report he's not going to discipline any players. Um, but one thing I will say, and you know, it's it struck out to me yesterday when Red Sox ownership didn't take any accountability in their press conference, and Jim Craney, the Astros owner, absolved of accountability in Manfred's report. Like, so you have the manager, the general manager in Houston gets fired, Alex Cora is the fall guy in Boston, but How about the ownership? How about the people who lead these organizations? Where is their culpability? So it it really is just another reminder that in all these sports, the owners control everything, but when things get bad, like other people take the fall for them. And and I think this is a good example of that across baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I couldn't make it for, for, I mean, in just following it, part of me was thinking what, I mean, first off, part of me is thinking is, how much? How much did getting a tip on somebody's signals really make a difference? I mean, right? The Astros are the Astros are a great team without it. I mean, yeah, the but, Astros but that's, but that's, are the seventy. They're the closest thing we've yeah. seen to the seventy to the seventies era Cincinnati Reds. They are a good, balanced baseball team. What, they can win without it? Why? What? What was this in your mind? What was this about? Well, evidently, they thought it helped a lot, right? I mean, it's a lot of effort.
2: It's like decoding signs and the Astros were banging trash cans. I mean, it's like a lot of effort. So, I mean, we can like roll our eyes a little bit, but obviously they think it helped a lot or they wouldn't have, or they wouldn't have done it, you know?
0: I would think that they feel that any advantage is better than not having any advantage. You know, the, it, you know better to have some advantage, even if it's not going to pay off, We'd rather have it than, than, than not take advantage of it. And um, yeah. it's, it's it's sad because I think it, again, sends a message to kids, hey, cheating's okay. And hopefully the punishment will show kids, no, it's not. It's just don't get caught.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, just don't get caught. Well, that's the thing, too. You know, the easiest cop-out, you hear this all the time with the steroid era, is, well, everybody did it. Uh, no, that's not true. I mean, Terry Francona was interviewed yesterday, and he said, you know, he doesn't like it when people say that. He goes, that's ridiculous. No. So, like, not everybody's doing it. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, y- you know, but but again, like the owner, you know, Manfred's report on the Astros, a huge part of it was excoriating the front office culture overall of Houston. And yet, you know, Jim Crane is the one who sets the tempo and he gets nothing. So the way these punishments are doled out, I think, is, is unfair as well.
0: Now, we know that you're not a science fiction fan, but we're glad to have you I here. Know I- what is I have what, no
2: imagination.
0: What is your what is your thing? What's your what's your jam? What's your hobby or your outside sports thing that you do that brings you pleasure?
2: Uh, Keep it man. <laughs> <laughs> you to say more? Uh no, I, I love politics. I'm a political junkie. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy year. It only gets crazier. Um that and I love Schitt's Creek is my favorite show as well. When Pumpkin New Season is back. I love to run. Yes, I would.
1: Then that means we're going to get along just fine.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Carly's a runner. Oh great! Running and running is awesome too. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great way for me to clear my mind. You know.
0: Well, it's been a pleasure having you in the transporter room. Don't be a stranger. Come visit us again, and uh, I look forward to seeing your byline in Outsports.
2: It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Then I'm back to Boston, Carly. (laughs) We're going to set coordinates to get Alex Rimmer back to Boston. Alex, Alex, we're going to have to do a race together then this spring. I do a lot of five and ten games up in the area.
2: Uh, you're going to probably kick my ass. That's okay, though. Looking forward to it.
1: Okay, I guarantee en- it. <laughs> energized, one to be back to Boston. Thanks, Alex.
0: All right. So, Carly, we're in the countdown now to Star Trek Picard. What do you think? What's your anticipation? Have you seen the
1: trailers? I've seen the trailers. I've seen some spoiler stuff. I've seen like seen. I've seen some of the leaked scenes. This is going to look good. I really, I really think this is going to. This is going to raise that bar up again in a lot they of ways. Ready,
0: renewed for season two before season
1: one starts. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean, I mean, it, obviously. From what I've been hearing and what's been out there, the the response has been very positive. I mean, I mean, there was recently a con where they where they just played the first episode to like a select audience, and people came out and said, "Hey, they loved it." I mean, it's a good continuation. I'm look, I'm looking forward to it, and part of me is like hoping that's great, but part of me is also expecting it to be great because, after all, I don't think Patrick Stewart will put his name or his legacy on something that was going to be crap. I mean, I, I, I don't think he would have, I don't think he would have signed on if it was second tier and this looks top drawer to me. So, Hey, it's making me get CBS, all access. I'll tell you something.
0: It is. Yeah. It's, it's something I do. uh, And by sprinkling out new series, I'm going to have to continue to be a subscriber because I usually cancel right after the season's over. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck now.
1: <laughs> well, they've got, well, two of my favorite, two really good shows are on. Well, two really good shows are already there. So I was just figure might as well just take the plunge. I mean, I love the good fight and I love discovery. So.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you, uh, both aboard, um, in, uh, the transporter room. I'm glad to have you on out sports and I'm glad to be, uh, Maybe we'll have a watch party. We can do a watch party, and we can uh, stream it, or tweet it, or live tweet it, mm-hmm. or something like that. That'd be fun. Hey, I'm
1: all hey, I'm all for it, and it's great to be a part of the team. It's great to have somebody like Alex a part of the team. I mean, I'm so
0: pleased. I'm so happy, and you know, we did a national search, and um, it's we took months, and uh, he just was the cream of the crop, and I'm very excited to have him as our uh, deputy, and I think it's going to be mean, it'll be mean great things. We're a little bit uh, New England centered right now between you, me, and. And, uh, and Sid, also being a New England Patriots fan and a Boston native, it's going to be uh, a little bit of a tip of the balance. We're going to have to uh, find some more uh, West Coast and, and, and middle of the country uh, voices.
1: Well, I grew, in in, mid- uh, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in the Ken's in Chicago, Brian's fan.
0: in Portland, um, <laughs> Sid and Jim are in LA. And, uh, you know, um, oh, and we, of course, have Shelby in British Columbia. So, you know, we, we, we're international at Out Sports. <laughs>
1: well well hey just hey I'll be checking out on Outsports and also hey you're an excellent editor yeah you're a pain in the butt but you're an excellent editor (laughs) thank you Carly And, and it's been great to be a part of this and everybody out there be with us next week the transporter room continues to boldly go where sports needs to go to a more inclusive place
0: take care everybody we'll see you next time
1: Mr. Sulu, steady as she goes.